Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Peak Human Project. Today, my guest is Dr. Jeff Barron, who is a friend of mine and also my physical therapist here in Scottsdale, Arizona. He practices out of evolution physical therapy, where he sees folks from the NBA, professional athletes in the NHL, PGA Tour, so on and so forth, and also works with the general population people like myself. Um, I wanted to have him on to chat about training, uh, rehab, and sort of the melding of those two and how they are sort of distinct and separate from one another, but there has to be a lot of overlap as well. He's got a great mind when it comes to pain science, uh, return to play, return to training and getting people in shape to lift heavy and get in the best shape of their life with the help of his physical therapy modalities. So I know you guys are going to really enjoy this episode as well. Thanks so much for listening and welcome my guest, Dr. Jeff Perry. All right. So thanks very much for being Absolutely. on the podcast. Thanks for um, me. You know, it's, I've been wanted, wanted to start this. I wanted to like, you know, get some interesting people on. Um, so you're my physical therapist. Jeff Barron's your name. <laughs> um, you run Evolution Physical Therapy, as you can see from the t-shirt. Um, and you're out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, and so like we got to know each other through a friend of mine, Michael Ban, or yeah. a mutual friend, Michael yeah. Ban, who uh, is a coach for Big Dogs, mm -hmm. uh, formerly OPEX. Yeah. And uh, he, and I was having some back pain, some issues. He said, hey, go see my guy, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking I was reluctant at first just because I've had some interactions with physical therapists in the past. And it was like, mm, they just have you come back three, four times a week and yeah. just do some manipulations or something like that yeah kind of more like chiropractor work which is nothing wrong with chiropractor totally work, but um wasn't really getting the job done for me but so i was like whatever we'll do it and uh it's made a big difference so far good. for me good. uh and we can get a little bit more into that sure but, um obviously you're the guest so i wanted to get a little bit more about you um, yeah. and your background so obviously you have dpt yeah um talk a little bit about like where you come from uh where you went to school stuff like that uh, long story short out of the whole thing um i'm actually born and raised here okay in phoenix okay. um you know and uh I, I actually my first experience with rehab and obviously athletics as i growing up you know um, and it wasn't until I went to high school and my, my mother made me play football. Mm -hmm. My mother was like, you're going to do it because you got to go meet friends. And I was like 125 pounds, you know, didn't know anything. Ended up, you know, playing high school football, got hurt. That was where my first experience with rehab. Before that, it was baseball, soccer, you know, those sorts of things. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool, you know. Um, ended up getting to go, being fortunate enough to play college football. Um it's called North Central College in Naperville, Illinois. Uh, cool little school. I was an option quarterback. Had a good four years playing football there. They're really good now, so I wouldn't even be able to be on the team anymore. <laughs> but and maybe that's why we were bad because I was the quarterback. I don't oh. know at times. So, um, but at that point in time, had fallen in love with sports medicine. You know, um, so I, I went to that school. Whole the whole plan the whole time was actually, I was like, well, I'm going to be a physician. Mm. I want to be an orthopedic surgeon. That way I can work with athletes and do all, you know, that was my initial mindset. So went to school there. They didn't have pre-med, but they had athletic training. So my first degree was in athletic training. So I get done with school, move back home, planning on, planning on going to med school. 
Um, but in the meantime, I was like, okay, well, I literally worked for the Cardinals for like a cup of coffee. Like it was that quick because I got into it, went down to the practice facility. Was I was starting at the bottom, right? You know, I want to get a job. I'm an athletic trainer. Got in there probably a week, week and a half. And it was, you know, it wasn't much actual care. You know, it was just fill up water bottles, pick up these towels. Yeah. And and that's well and fine, but it wasn't, you know, I was like, I don't want to grind it out for that many years. Like, yeah. I don't need to be in sports. That was my thing. And it was like, all right, I'm going to go do that whole med school thing. Well, yeah. ironically, um, I was at that point in time after that, I was working at a physical therapy clinic here in town and um, running the, the, the tech and the help and doing all that and met my father-in-law who was not my father-in-law at the time who's a physician and he talked me out of medical school now mm. to this day he's like why would i've ever told you that and i'm like it's kind of like that ricky bobby thing like i live my whole life according to what you told me that day <laughs> okay. it's like if you're not That's first you're last you know it's like yeah. that thing so anyway i was like okay because he he was as a physician he's seen basically the way healthcare has gone you yeah. know lower returns higher visits those sorts of things he saw the writing on the wall and he actually told me that and great so i liked being in rehab and i was like you know i like this i like being around people i like creating relationships with people learning getting to meet them all that and so went and said all right i'm gonna go to pt school pt school happened um i went to at still university here in phoenix um i was gonna go to a couple schools in colorado this one opened up great gonna go here mm -hmm. got out did the traditional thing got a job working in a traditional setting and it was it was great i got a chance with a with a good friend of mine to go down and open a clinic and start building a clinic in central phoenix and um at that point in time you know we were building it up building it up but as we did a really good job because i got to the point where you know i was seeing 20 and 22 people a day Okay. Now you can imagine what kind of care that is. Yeah. That's not. A, I mean, a, in eight I, hours, right? And and I love the people that I worked for and I loved it, but I was getting burnt out real yeah. quick, you know, and it was like a monkey could have done my job. And I mean that in the sense of because I wasn't really doing anything. You can come beat on their back, but then they go exercise. And I was sitting there one day and this is kind of what led to the point was like, well, if I'm not really doing anything from a manual aspect, and then this leads into kind of, if I'm not doing anything from a manual aspect, like what, what are my hands doing? They're spending an hour, whatever, exercising. And then I'm going, I hope they get better. And then they're like, well, I am getting better. And I'm like, well, it's definitely not what I'm doing. So what's happening here, hmm. right? And it's like, wait a minute. Half the time, some of those people that get better with, with traditional care, and there's nothing wrong with it, is because maybe they don't exercise. And the fact that their doctor told them they got to go there two, three times a week, they're just being consistent for six weeks. That's the, that's, that's how that happens. And so they were getting better without me or with me or without was only because they were there training. And I was sitting there going, hmm, now what? Let's put a bigger emphasis on the training aspect of things, right? Sure. And sure. Um, at that point, um, I was like, I got to go do something else. Mm -hmm. I, I just and it wasn't because I love the people there. It was just I can't. I didn't get into the profession to to do something yeah, and then just shove them along shove them like out. that's yeah. just not. It was so that was two thousand nine ten. You know, and uh, essentially went through. That's how I met 
James at OPEX. Okay. Okay, so James I just happen to be James Fitzgerald at OPEX, who's been a huge mentor of mine, too. Mm-hmm. Love the guy. Um, but I was just in the right place at the right time. Actually, my wife had introduced me to the right people. She was like, hey, you should talk to my husband. And it turned out that it was James. And they were coming when James was moving down here from uh, Calgary. Mm-hmm. And we ended up in the same office. And I had always planned on, like, I was like, I'm going to do this my way. Yeah. And if it fails, you know, I'm going to treat people the way I think I should treat people. And sure. if it fails, I can go get a job. Like, it's not that risky, but, but I'm going to do it my way. Well, luckily here we are, you know, mm-hmm. going on eight, nine years. Yeah. So we're, we're doing well. But um, that's kind of my, you know, genesis of how I got into where I'm at. And like I say, like anything, right? Like I've been fortunate enough, you know, I met Michael, or you know, mm-hmm. um, because he came in and started shadowing. You know, yep. because I knew James and um, prior to that, I search out certain people. And I'm the kind of person, like, if I need to know something and you're doing something awesome, I'm going to just get a hold of you. Right. And I do that with everybody. I call them up and be like, you don't know me yet, but you will because right. I want to learn from you. And it's, yeah. right, you know, and that's because I don't care if I'm wrong. Like, I want to learn. Sure. Right? And And I'm okay being wrong. And so it's led to that ability to network. And, and I'm just fortunate enough to get to do things the way I want to do, but that's because I've been fortunate enough to have mentors sure. myself that have been nothing but gracious with giving away their time for free, you know? Yeah, so, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, so for me, uh, to explain a little bit about the difference, like usually I've gone to physical therapists where it's like you said, they got you on the table totally. and they just kind of mm-hmm. doing some stim or whatever the yeah. case is, you're doing some manipulations and then maybe a little bit of like, easy stretches and rehabs mm-hmm. that they show you, send you home, say, come back a couple of days a week, we'll get mm-hmm. it knocked out. But with you, it was a lot different. When I came in, there was an assessment of you know, how I was moving, right. what was triggering my pain, all that kind of stuff, which maybe isn't new, but you know, there was immediate relief with some modalities you did with mm-hmm. me, then getting me out. Actually, your, your office here has a gym, so you yeah. actually have barbells and weights yeah. and all that stuff. You're getting people out there retesting their patterns right away yeah um like so there's 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 sort of a melding of 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 strength and conditioning and rehab there right which is kind of unique and and it is because it's again going back to that previous thing that i was talking about like the only thing that changes a person is stress Mm -hmm. right it's what breaks you down is what builds you back up right at the very basic level like it's stress and so you know, and and this is just my own, like, the light bulb went off and it was, and I've always liked training and, I've, you know, football and athletics and I've always liked training. And it's like, sometimes in therapy, we don't, we don't even, like, touch the dosage needed for someone to get a training effect. You right. know what I mean? Like, they don't, we, we don't work them hard enough. And I was like, wait a minute, you know, there's some of the better strength coaches, because now I tell people, you know... They're like, well, you, you know, because they do say it's you're, you're, the way you do therapy is different. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, I, yes, because it is um, a test, treat, retest, did we do anything formula, right? Like, I want to make sure I'm not wasting your time. But on the other hand of that, it's like, well, we got to put you back out there and, and stress the tissue, the brain, the person, the human in front of you. And also get them to say, yeah, it is better, and I need to load that and get those tissues to adapt one way or the other. And and like I was saying before, I just think sometimes 
that the PT, we don't, we it's like stretchy bands and stuff. Yeah. Like that's what people know it for. Sure. It's like, oh, I went to therapy and they made me use these stretchy bands and these, bands. and it's like, I, I make little old ladies use those big hip circles. Sure. Like, cause I don't think those little stretchy bands do anything. Like I just, let's make you work a little bit. Yeah. And people have more in the tank than I think they, they, they give themselves credit for sure. a little bit. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, uh, I mean, I guess there's probably a difference. I'm sure you work with people who are at the lower end of fitness, like you said, like people totally. who are maybe older and maybe mm -hmm. have never trained before yeah. and just have back pain yeah. coming in here. It's probably a hard sell off the bat to be like, hey, we're going to load you up a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of what you need. It's never done it before. And then I'm sure you work with people... I mean, I lift weights, something mm -hmm. I like. I'm sure you work with some professional athletes who who yeah. are used to getting loaded up. And so where do you think, I mean, do you think that, how, how do you go about addressing where to start people out as far as like what, what somebody can handle given like what they're used to? Yeah. You, is it more about the diagnosis and like how you're seeing the yeah, tissues yeah, there's, are responding? It's a lot about that because if you look, so say I take Sally, who's a 55-year-old female that just plays tennis, right? Mm -hmm. And that's all she wants to do is play tennis, but doesn't lift, maybe goes to Pilates, maybe, you know. Um, number one, that's had just the way you would do it with your client. It's, it's like, here's, here's what are we trying to achieve first? Sure. What is the intent behind why you're here? And what, yeah, I want my pain gone. Yeah, I get that. But like, what, what else? What are you trying to do with what are, when When that's done, what do we want? Right. Because let's look at this goal setting thing here. Because the pain thing, a lot of times that goes away relatively fast. I mean, everybody's different. There's, but I'm not saying it's like, all right, but we can normally manage that pretty quick. Then, then, like I say, again, the intent behind the training, what, what are we going for here? You want to be a better tennis player? You just want to hang out with your kids? Because at that point, then we can modify some of that. And, and that is where with a James and even, and even, and Michael and a lot of the strength coaches that I've been, fortunate enough to learn that's where I've learned a ton of stuff is how do you get the buy-in a little bit and number one it, it's really simple when like for example this morning I had a gal come in and she's I've got hip pain well it was lumbar derivative hip pain right mm -hmm. like you know we go through the history and it's everything's pointing the questions that I ask and just pointing towards no you had it's very similar to what we were talking about with yours and here's what I do. I do Pilates and it's like, well, if I'm going to make you move and then we're going to treat it and whatever modalities that anybody uses to manage someone's pain, then I'm going to teach you how to keep that away. Okay. So like you say, determining that trigger, mm -hmm. right? Because if I can take that trigger, what I did now, the buy-in, like it's very it's simple to get buy-in anymore. It's still sales, right? But I'm not snake oil sales. I'm going to show them and let them figure it out on their own and then we can show them how they can keep it, right? Teaching someone to take care of themselves is truly what a doctor's the definition, sure. you know? And we did that, right? And she's like, I didn't touch her hands. I, I did a little bit of treatment, did a couple there. She, her hands are on the floor and she's like, that doesn't hurt my, that's my pain's gone. Mm -hmm. Great, now she's gonna do whatever I, whatever I tell her to do. And this is where, and honestly, in healthcare, this is where people can go, now I need you to sign up for X amounts of visits, I need you to buy this, this, and people will do it. We'll do it, yeah. And they will do it because they you made their, you were the one to make their pain go away. And it's like, no, 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 here's what we need to do, you know. Let's go and let me show you these three things that I just did 
that don't that you can do at home and she's like that's it and I said yeah because we dug deep enough into an assessment just like you do with your clients as well into the whys and the what's mm -hmm. that I don't need a list of exercises to try to napalm the thing I can be more sniperish right sure. because it's worked out that way and from a standpoint of getting that buy-in, like you'd asked, I mean, that, that right there, they'll go, okay, what else do I need to do? And then I'm like, well, if we can feel that good, where do we want to get? And it kind of branches off from there, right? Because they initially, I want my pain gone and I want to get back to what I was doing. Yeah. Once their pain's gone, even sometimes in the first visit with some back issues, they'll be like, well, you know, I haven't played. Yeah tennis in a while or now I haven't all those done things that they and they're like yeah they and, and then it's like okay now we can build a training program and see and the beauty is is I surround myself with people that are just better at everything than I am in the sense hmm. of I know what I'm good at sure but then I surround myself with coaches that I can dish things out because I tell people I'm just a mediocre strength coach that can that can deal with pain. Hmm. Like that's how I label myself, sure. right? Rather than they, like I was saying, you oh you're a different kind of physical therapist. And I'm like, I want to be thought of as like a very average strength coach that can deal with pain, but has really good strength coach friends that he learns from. It. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. so, because that's, that's what I do at that point. Because I think everything is just training, yeah. you know. And and when you talk about what type of training, it does depend. But then sometimes people just need, like we were talking about today, some people just need to learn how to move again. Like, sure. and not even moving differently or you need, when there's pain, can you change how you train around it? Can I teach someone with back pain, like we were talking about with bracing, can I give you another way that changes the input and the output mm -hmm. and lets you keep training? Mm -hmm. You know, that that's to me therapy, you know? Yeah and let the get out of the way of the body mm. give you some weight and, and keep training and get off of what we're picking that scab and keep training and let the body do its thing and and it, it will you know it's funny you say that because it's like you you say you're a strength coach you can deal with pain i feel like i'm i'm a strength coach and i want to be able to help people who are yeah. in pain but i have a limit right i mm -hmm. don't have a i don't have a license to yeah. do that yeah so um you know, I think there's a, especially within my profession, I guess, as an online strength and conditioning coach, it's almost like I see a lot of people afraid to refer out their clients to people like yourself who can, you know, I can't, I couldn't have taken my case, say, mm -hmm. and fixed it without the help of somebody like yourself. Yeah. I needed to, I would have needed to refer myself to somebody Yeah, coaches else. need coaches too, right? Yeah, and it's the same sort of thing. And, um... I think part of the issue, like, and that's what's hard with you're online and, and you you have other coaches and that you mentor and things like that. And they say, well, I don't want to refer them out because then they're yeah. gone, right? And that's part of the problem with, their, like, that's my, my practice. That's why we do that whole once a week. But I have coaches too or I have other things where it's like, if I can teach you what to do, you first of all have to fix this anyway, right? Yeah. Like I can't, what we were talking with today about your, I can't fix that. You have to figure, I, I sure. my job is to make this a nice pretty package that you understand how it works, the instruction mm -hmm. manual and mm -hmm. work on it on your own until it becomes mm -hmm. the way it becomes. And so <clears throat> I, I just gave a talk uh, a couple months ago to like the guys at Lifetime and I said, listen, I was laughing because they brought me in to do a talk. It was on diastasis recti and something, but it was interesting because I said, I'm not here to market to you guys, but you are exactly who I market to. Mm. 
And I said, normally though, you'd send your person to therapy, right? You're gonna go three times a week for six weeks. And I said, the problem why trainers and coaches don't wanna refer to therapists is because it takes money out of their pocket. That's true. My other standpoint is, is I'm like, well, God, man, there's some people right there that are really good situation to be able to do the rehab. If we can teach everybody because strength coaches are like my triage. Like they know when they can deal with things and when they can't. Sure. But in my practice, they'll come to me. We teach them what's wrong, get a hold of the coach. The coaches are pretty educated people. I'm like, here, here's what I found. Here's what we're doing. They're going right back to their coach where they enjoy it. They get the, you know, they're with their friends, whether it's at a CrossFit gym, whether it's with just a regular strength conditioning gym, and they're back training. Mm -hmm. But they've got, and that person says, wow, okay, great. And then that client's like, man, he really cared. He sent me to a guy, got a result, I'm back here training. And you're, you're showing that, you know, you're not keeping that person around because you need them. You know, it's, you gotta pay for the car or pay for the house. It's like, you need to go and do this. And then they go, man, thank you. And then same sort of thing. It's like, I'm not gonna sit here and keep you here because if I can teach you what to do and I can teach uh, Andres what to do and he knows what he's looking at after we get this under, train. Yeah. The gym should, that gym's no different than my gym. Sure. You know, turn it, do your rehab there. It's an yeah. understanding, right? It's an understanding. Yeah, I don't so. think, you know, I think early on it's intimidating when you, maybe you're trying to get clients and you don't, Trying to pay your bills, right? And you, yeah. you, the thought of losing one is a big yeah. deal because yeah. that could be the difference between the lights being on, the lights not being on. But I've never had a client not come back after I've sent them somewhere else right. in the meantime. Totally. They usually, they appreciate it very much. Yeah. You're at least like, honest. You're looking, saying, looking out for them yeah, too, you're, right? You're saying, hey, you know what? This is, I've reached the limits of what I can do for you. Right. I need you to go see this person. Yeah. And, uh, and it's the same way when I have mine here. And I'm, I, you know, I can write up some decent programming for what I see in different workloads and different uh, tempos, like we're talking about, and just different energy systems to address. But it gets to a point where I'm like, this is not what I'm good at and what I want to do. And now it's time for you to go over here mm -hmm. and go see Andres or go see Michael or go see whoever yeah. we've got that's closest to you or whatever works, because their knowledge of what they're good at far exceeds mine and now that's the network that you build and saying you need to go back and that's on the other end referring out to the coaches that I know to say here's another person they want to do X and Y and you know how to program properly and you can address the nutrition then you can address I address it through there's some basic things that I make people do here to help lower inflammation some different things sure. and, and suggestions but like my knowledge goes to here on the other on the flip side of that right, right. and now your knowledge of training and how do I get that and, and great now we have a team and that person's going wow right my back feels better and I'm getting stronger and it doesn't hurt to be in the gym anymore and x y and z and they're like this is pretty cool yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> yeah it's like a team right you know it's like in professional sports there's yeah. a strength coach there's yeah. an athletic trainer there's a physical therapist there's a team doctor and yeah. it's like the whole team needs to be there yeah to help the athletes not that, just because there's a lot of athletes on a team but you know, the strength coach there to make sure yeah. that when they're healthy, they're in good shape to get yeah. on the playing field or on the but court. But you got to have the network. Right. You know, and yeah. and it's it's huge, you know, to have an, a network that you can trust. And it's like, you know what you're going to get. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. I think the tough part about being online is like, if, if somebody's local, I got the people here. Yeah. It's like finding the people that, yeah. okay, yeah. this person lives in Michigan. All right, do I know anybody in Michigan? No, just yeah. I have to reach out to you and be yeah. like, do you know anybody in Michigan? Yeah. 
that yeah. that gets tough, right? Yeah, but yeah. Um, it's not impossible either. But most of the time, we do. We can yeah. find them something, sure. you know. Sure. But. What are some of the most uh, common issues you see? Like, so, like, I'm dealing with some back pain. A lot of people in powerlifting, specifically, yeah. it's yeah. like back pain out the wazoo from the last five years. I'd say we'd see so many promising powerlifters just yeah their back just tweaked and they can never recover from it but what what being that you work with a large variety of people um, um what do you see really common it, i am primarily i love spines yeah like because they're hard and i like the chronic spine stuff the 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 instagrammy spine stuff that you see where it's like oh i was 90 percent better in one visit that's not that hard. It's just uh, no one wants to put the tough ones mm-hmm. on and, you know, and say, hey, this person's been working their tail off for six, eight months. You know, they've had five years of chronic back pain, two failed surgeries, blah, blah, blah. Like, I like those because, yeah, yeah you got to change a lot of stuff, but you keep those people moving. And so that's I do a lot of that. And then you get everything else. Yeah, I, I don't you know, I get hips, knees, shoulders, you know, those are, those are not hard. You know, those are, that's just some training tweaks and things, but I I like the complicated spine things and, and with the athletes and stuff, a lot of times, um, you know, baseball season will be up here in a Mm -hmm. little bit and we'll get some of those guys for spring training. We get, and, and a lot of those things common across the board is, they're like we were talking again earlier force production right mm-hmm. like and where are you able to where are you leaking energy mm-hmm. you know where are you that you may not even know right like you get to athletics at that level or lifters that can pull a lot of weight right and it doesn't come i'm not going to give you some little exercise that makes you be able to pull more weight like you're already dead lifting 400 pounds like you can't do PT exercises that make you go from 400 to 500. Mm-hmm. It's just deadlifting more, right? Sure. So when you look at it, it's like now when I watch, I'm looking at, I'm going, where are we? Wait, where are we missing some things? Mm-hmm. Where, like today, where mm-hmm. with that brace, like mm-hmm. where are you missing some things? And you're leaking energy these places, and that's and and you see that a lot with pitchers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that cascade of, take for example, I'll go last year, baseball pitcher coming in. Young kid, but still playing, has played minor leagues, major, minor, major, minor, just gets called up for spring training, trying to go. But he's like, man, I went from throwing 97 to I'm at 92. Mm. You got to help me. And it's like, okay, well, did he get weaker? Did he get an injury? He goes, no, the velocity's just gone. I, I just can't, like, they call it dead arm in baseball. And it's like, all right, well, tell me, going through a history, right? He's had histories of back issues. He's had histories of neck issues. He's had history. Granted, athletics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Yeah. Everybody's going to have a little. Yeah, thing. right? Like, you're going to get hurt playing sports. And we go through and start looking because and this brings us back to the weightlifting is like i got into some neurodynamics with him right and yes these are some of my biases that i think happen and willing to have the discussion about what really happens but i put him i put him in a position throwing a baseball right and you've got to get here and we're here and this arm's got to be able to 
move. And mm -hmm. I get out here with this neurodynamics and this guy can't get his elbow and his head won't even move from here. Mm. So we sit there and he looks and he's like, yeah, he's like his shoulders, see, he's got some bicep tendonitis stuff. He's actually got some medial elbow pain from throwing, but his shoulders sitting up by his ear. Go through, you look at that and you're like, no crap that your trap is holding you up there because if I don't depress it, he can't move. If I let him go, he can do the whole yeah. thing and he can he can throw. His body found a way around it. Got around it. So we get we get in and treating it and you know, they've been stretching it and doing everything. He'd been doing whatever he could do to make it better. Get into it, clean up some different stuff, give him a few days, clean it up, he, he gets his arm. And in the case of a week, he's like there's the velocity back. And it was wow. just because that peripheral nerve that wasn't painful. Sure. Wasn't There's wasn't like I got tingling sure. or anything. I didn't have any, you know, oh, my God, tingling my median nerve. None of it. Just his body, prior to letting that get injured, hmm. in the assumption of saying, I'm going to split myself in such a way that I can't get my shoulder into a position to transfer force to get that. And he lost five miles an hour on his pitch right a week later he's like what the hell happened and i'm like uh, we just i we see some things we deal with them and let deal with the variables until there's no more variables right and it was and it's fun but that's the method with going through some of those things sure. and saying yeah let's look at some of those and neurodynamics to me the three the three best things that i've ever learned is dynamic neuromuscular stabilization mm -hmm. dns yeah. mm -hmm. make it makes sense to me it's simple Okay, it's not convoluted with a bunch of jargon. It's just saying, here's how humans develop, and here's what we think, you know, happens. Mm -hmm. And and it's an umbrella thing, right? Mm -hmm. Learning how to brace and all. That's all it is. Is saying, here's when you're done with your treatment. Like when I'm when we're done and you're better. I just think that DNS and they, how they talk about bracing is is just basically saying, do whatever you got to do to get there. But when it's done, it should look like this, mm -hmm. right? And so that neurodynamics and, and assessing the nervous system's effect from life, mm -hmm. you know, it's not always just joints and ligaments and tendons and muscles. It's right. there, there's a nervous system attached to that. And I don't think we give it enough credit. Some people do, yeah. but on a whole, I don't, as my profession, I don't think we do. Yeah. And, and overhead athletics, right? I mean, you got a barbell on your back and we're snatching and we're, we're getting a lot of that, right? And, and I see it all the time. And it's like these things where people are like, that didn't take very long. And I'm like, yeah. fantastic. But going back to the to the pitcher, so yeah. he didn't have any pain, mm -mm. Uh, like numbness, tingling, anything nope. like that. Do you think that eventually that would have that would have appeared? I, <coughs> it's hard to say. It's hard like to say. I won't assume, and I'm not gonna, because it doesn't have to. Maybe, yeah. but he had some shoulder discomfort which right. is what brought him in it wasn't just i got to go find a pt i okay. got low he had some shoulder pain but he was saying it's it's he thought that that was what was affecting that's an effect of like you protract your yeah. shoulder and Stuff. you're throwing right and you're just beating up different yeah. different things and stressing things and and that allowed us though that that door actually opened up fixing that relative and giving him the way and he's like wow yeah that's better like yeah. just feels better to then getting into that next one. Well, I've had this thing with my hip driving off the rubber and I got this hip thing and then we got into some of that and he's like, you know, the drive leg and then the stance leg and being able and just clean some things up where it was. And I'm by no means like a, a 
baseball guy. Like, go Cressy's like the dude. Go sure. go learn from that sure. man. Because, but it's just I think, you know, if we want to be the baseball guy or the hockey guy or the football guy, no, I just I don't know anything about tennis and I work with tennis players. But it's like I know what the sport means and how people move. And again, like a strength coach, it's like. I'm going to deal with you as the athlete and how you're moving right now and then let the tennis coach take you and do yeah. some of those things. Or You know what I mean? And let, the, like let a, the guy who's specific in that, I'm not going to make you swing a racket in my gym. Like I'm going to make you where you look deficient in certain things and let's let that coach do what they're supposed to do. Again, going back to that team mentality. So Yeah, it's like I, I just had a guy <laughs> sign up and um, he plays soccer out in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a soccer guy. Mm-hmm. That's not. I'm not a specialist in right, soccer. Right. What I told him was, hey, you know what? Eventually, you're going to get to a point where you play for a team. You're going to have a dedicated soccer guy. In the mm-hmm. meantime, what I can do for you is I know the principles around what goes into soccer training, what, what you need to get better at yeah. soccer. We're going to assess to see where you're deficient. We're going to build you up there. Hopefully, that makes you a good enough soccer player. Right. To then get into yeah. a team, and then I'll lose you as a client because you're going to be on a team. You're yeah. going to have a guy, but maybe in the off season he comes back. Totally, like and I think it, I kind of look at it as like you have you know general physical preparedness, right? Sure. But then you can have like subspecialty of like soccer general physical preparedness, sure. right? Like that's I know enough like tennis, I know enough there. But then when you got to get into the specific. Mm-hmm. That like we're talking about, you're going to have a guy that knows the demands, the specific demands of the the sport and the position that you play right. and what you need to do. Well, let them do their job, right? Don't think you mm-hmm. have to be like the, you know. Yeah, that's the thing is I, I think I've, early on I thought I had to be an expert in every single subject. Totally. Like, I was, you just can't. For one, you can never be an expert in every yeah. subject because you yeah. end up being mediocre at everything. Yeah. So why not just maximize what you're good at? Yeah. Which is, and to me, understanding principles is what you should be good at. True. And it's kind of the same way when I, when I started this practice was like, you know, it's a cash pay practice. And when I started, it was one and two people a day. And the stress of it was, it's the same way you're looking at it. The stress was, oh my God, I have to fix everybody. I need to learn it all because I have to fix everybody. That didn't lead to too many good health mm-hmm. things that were going on for a while, just stress-driven health things. Until one of my mentors goes, why do you think you're fixing them anyway? And I'm like, yeah, because that goes back to previously when I was like, they were fixing themselves with exercise when I wasn't. And I'm like, what the hell? That led to a change in that same thing. I just need to be able to provide an understanding and a framework of what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And if that person lead that horse to the water, if it doesn't drink, it's not my problem. Sure. You know, you're paying me to understand what's going on. Just like, you know, you can have someone pay you and you're going to program the hell out of it. But if they don't do the program... They could be mad at you. It's not your fault. You can't make, you know. And so I think that's the that's an important thing is realizing, just like you said, you can't know everything. I can't fix everybody, but you can be, you got to seek it out and try to to know. You got to try to at least know a little bit about everything, right? But I'm not claiming to be a neurodynamics expert. That's why I go learn from Michael Shacklock Mm -hmm. or DNS, and I bring my buddy Rich Holm to town, and, you know, he and I, geek out over that or some wine and talk about that you know and you just got to surround yourself with that because the more that i know that makes my network bigger to go if i don't know that or this person needs x i can send them to that person you know yeah 
I think um, so. Going back a little bit, I'll talk a little bit about my my back issues. So, and the reason I asked about the pitcher and whether mm-hmm. eventually you think you'd have pain, because I think for me, I was my body was finding ways around my deficiencies. Yeah, and it was doing all right for a long time. I mm-hmm. got really strong, and then eventually it was like dude we can't do this anymore yeah and uh i got pain that pain's been been there for a while and it gets better and then it gets worse and then i started seeing you and it's gotten better um and we're still working on it but that's probably just gonna be the way it is because one thing that i didn't notice like we told me earlier is like even as a coach i thought i was bracing correctly the whole time like i couldn't feel that i was losing tightness but then you did a little bit of that stuff with me and it's like oh I am losing tightness, and that's exactly when my pain is getting triggered. But yeah. I think what, what fascinates me, I guess, is where is this sort of like event horizon or this threshold where like some people have a bunch of herniated discs and a bunch of sh- shit going on yeah. and no pain. Right. And then some people do have a lot of pain. Yeah. It's like, so where is this? Is it just that different people have different resiliency or different thresholds? Yeah. Is it, you know, what's going on? in their life that that might be uh, held, triggering more of that pain like what have you seen have you, have you been able uh, to make any sense of that yeah and the answer is i don't think that we really know yeah. i mean I, I it honestly is like i won't sit here and go well this person does this and this does this yeah um what i can tell you is that yeah you know like we've seen all the research and everybody knows as you get age you can have asymptomatic disc bulges it's like wrinkles on your face and you get wrinkles on the inside like we just age and what we do for work and hobbies, and that's going to play into those things, right? That leads me to every time I tell people, it's the same thing I told you. It's like, you don't have back pain because you're weak Mm. or because your hamstrings are tight. But a lot of times what happens is, and again, this is my my belief and my bias, and and it's, it's habitual patterning. We are creatures of habit. Humans are creatures of habit. You wake up in the morning, guarantee you, you do pretty much the exact same routine every morning. Pretty much. And you get in your car, and you don't really think about where you're driving. It just you end up there sometimes. Yeah. It's just you're you're running on autopilot, and it's just this is what we do. This is what we do. And your brain doesn't need to waste a lot of energy. Like so, it's the same way with which we move, right? When we move, like we talked about with your back. You can get down right on that lower segment of your L5 and you're like, who? Yeah. I didn't even know. Like, yeah. You, but that is that fulcrum point. And I guarantee you, if I go, and I love looking at imaging. People don't like MRIs. Oh, don't do MRIs. I like them because I love reading. I just love looking yeah. at that stuff. Like ultrasound, diagnostic ultrasound, there, right? diagnostic ultrasound. I love that stuff yeah. because I love information. I'm not over pathologizing anything. I just want to see if there's something in there that can, that can help. And, and you're right. And, and I guarantee you, maybe there is, but I'm not sitting there and going to scare you and go, you have a bulging disc. You shouldn't squat or deadlift. It's, that would be stupid. The answer is saying, what are you, like, we would look at that MRI and go, maybe, maybe we go, man, L4 and L5 and all those, the discs there, they look beat up. Yeah. Because based on your clinical findings, which that MRI should match before I even take it seriously, right? We should go, okay, well, that's where all the stress is going. That's a picture. And that beat up segment didn't happen in a week. That is stress over time and your body's adaptation to deal with stress right yeah. so again now that tells me well if that's what's happening there my thought on my thought on rehab is like 
reverse engineer the whole thing. Mm-hmm. If, if you're beating that segment up and it's leading to nerve root irritation and how do we take the stress there and just disperse it mm-hmm. and get it away from there and teach you. And so that is where the bracing comes along. You have a strategy with which you brace. Okay. And you're like, I'm doing it, but it's not working. Can I give you another, can, can we still train and can I give you another way? Like just keep moving though, right? The answer is not don't lift. It's like we talked about Oberst was like, don't deadlift. Well, he didn't really mean that, you know, and it's like, no, you need to find a way to lift. Maybe you're not a barbell deadlifter. Maybe not every, I'd have people that I'm like, we're never going to barbell deadlift, but doesn't mean we can't trap. Trap yeah. bar deadlift. Like yeah. you can get, you can get, build a monster with a trap bar. Like doesn't matter. Absolutely. But again, being someone that wants to use a barbell and compete again, we, we better figure that out, right? Yeah. Like if that's what you want to do, there's a way to do it. And, and so it's taking rehab and saying, here's what you're doing at your spine. And you're just like, I can lift a lot of weight. It's just not letting me because we're still doing the same thing and we don't, it, you kind of don't realize it, right? Yeah. Like it's like, okay. I'm strong, I'm this, I'm that, but why is my back still hurting? That's where coaches need coaches. And, you know, I went to, funny story, same sort of thing. Um, John Russin's a friend of mine, and he's a great guy, and we talk. And I met him because uh, he was putting, he was doing that YouTube um, thing with Dave Tate. Okay. Right? Fix yeah. Dave Tate thing. And rather than be a dick, I was like, I had some questions, and I don't, social media go blast him like to make myself look cool i messaged him and then called him and because of that we developed a friendship yeah and he was like i appreciate that because most everybody blasts everybody on social media right telling everybody how stupid they are right so i went out to one of his courses he's like come on out to seattle i'm sweet come out to seattle go out there hang out with him i'm at his course good course but i trained with him and I'm thinking, oh, I got this, right? I got this. Like, when, what's he sure. going to see? Yeah, I think I'm pretty good, right? You're Same a sort of thing. Therapist. What's You're he going to see? Yeah. Man, I'll tell you what. So we went into deadlifts. And he's like, yeah, right there. And I'm like, what right there? He's like, I'm going to film it. Do it again, right there. And it was literally, as I would pull, I'd take the tension out of the bar. I'd be here. I'd start to pull. I'd get a little bit of a bend in my knee and take, mm. let the tension go in the posterior chain and basically like still use my ass to pull it up. But I was like standing up with my, he's like, don't do that. And it wasn't even a lot of weight. It was probably 135 maybe. Yeah. And he's like, keep that tension there. And he, we trained that. It was the worst flight home because my hamstrings were destroyed. <laughs> and I didn't, but I didn't even think I, it was the same idea. Like I was like, I got this. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. nope. You're not feeling it, you know, right? And I'm like, 135, pulling it. And I'm the next day on the plane, I'm like, holy hell. Yeah. You know, Your but it's. things were never really doing the work. They weren't doing, yeah. And again, just like you, yeah. I was like, I thought I was doing what I should be doing. And that's what I mean by se- another set of eyes, another perspective. Yeah. For him, I, I, like I say, I don't know, you know, he saw it. I don't know, I don't have many people look at it, but like, I was like, okay, that opened my eyes to some things too, you know? Sure. I think for for especially when it comes, uh, I guess I shouldn't just say for powerlifting. I think this happens with everybody. With where it's like with the pitcher, the the body found a way to yeah. work around yeah. whatever whatever shortcomings yeah. was going on, and so the, I think the same thing happens with all movement. Is and I'm sure you would agree that like for me, my body found a way to get the bar off the ground and lift a lot of weight, even yeah. if it wasn't the most 
biomechanically sound way to do it, right? And then it just, so the neural pattern got built. Yeah. And then it was yes. like, okay, my body's comfortable with that. It knows it can resort to that to lift the weight off Correct. the ground. Correct. So what would happen is maybe I would start with perfect form. Yeah. And then the body was like, nope, that's not going to work. Go to the, yeah, go to it's, the it's like It's like help. English is your first language. Yeah. You want to learn Spanish. Well, you're going to try to talk Spanish. When it gets hard, you just revert you just back. It's English. the same thing. Especially when you get stressed, right? When you get under stress... Your totally. body wants to go back to what's yeah. safe. And then you try doing that under fatigue or that, yeah. that stress, right? And you, now you're trying to brace and breathe. And, and, and that's where I believe, like, I, I, I'm not a hater of CrossFit. I think some of it's people sure. don't need to do it. But, like, that's where people get injured in some of that. It's not one dumb lift or it's not, but it's combining those lifts with, mm. with work capacity and those people are getting off a flywheel bike or doing something where they're, now they're trying to breathe. Their brain is going, I am maxed out right now. And now we have to go pick that up. And they're getting these brain farts. And that's what's leading to mm-hmm. my back went out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, well, if we can regress that back a little bit, you know, and say, well, what happened there? No, it's not that you somehow were weak. And no, it was the combination of trying to figure out how to breathe and brace and you're low on oxygen and your brain's freaking out, Mm -hmm. you know, and you've got it in this state of like, it's like, oh shit. And now you're trying to lift and just get the workout done and you're there and people are having fun, but that's what happens. And that, and, and I think that's where a lot of that comes into play. I don't think CrossFit's bad. I think certain things for certain people in CrossFit are bad, right? You know, and, but that's fitness. That's not even I won't even use the term CrossFit. I mean, anything can happen in the gym. It's how it's programmed. And, sure. I, and I think, yeah, I mean, how you deliver that and, and how you train and get that person, because I do that in people. Like, if you're going to deadlift, okay, and once your back's better, I'm going to test that same thing. I'm going to, even though you're a power lifter, and power lifter is like one. I'm going to yeah. lift one rep, and I'll be back in like 10 minutes and sure. do another one, right? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. but... To make sure that we've got it because people go, yeah, I'm better. I'm there in therapy. I'm moving better. Uh, um, but they've been doing like three sets of 10 or whatever it is, right? But what about when you're back out on that court? Or what about when you're back and, and you're breathing hard? Now you've got to perform. Sure. Under well, we better, we better test that a little bit. I, I think we better test that. Yeah. And, and that's part of like, for me, depending on the person again, that's part of my diagnose or my discharge criteria with people. Mm-hmm. It's like you're going to work your tail off and make sure that if you get under that bar, that that even under fatigue, we can still see that we're getting what we want, that you have learned what to do, because that'll pull out if you've learned it or not. Like, because if you're tired and you go right back to what got you into trouble, did I really fix anything? Right, right. I, I would say that even with respect to powerlifting, um, maybe they're not going to ever be under like, uh, you know, physical, yeah. like being tired and having to hit a set of 10 reps or whatever, yeah. cause they're doing sets of three sets yeah. of five. But right. what if they've had a bad night of, totally. night of sleep the night before, yep. then their job, something happened to their job, their wife just called and their yeah. kids sick. Like they're under all this stress or not thinking correctly. Yeah. That's when yeah. bad habits would rear their head yeah. even on a single. And all of a sudden yeah. that pain is back. And it's like anything with sport, right? You want to fall back onto what you've learned, right? right? That's why you train, right? You know, that's why soldiers train because it's, they don't train, they train so that they fall back on those habits of right. what they learned and they're just automatic. It's and it's automatic the same thing. thing with that break. Like even if you have, a garbage day at work that 
and you slept and you went out and partied and you got you're hungover and whatever you come in at least we know what we're going to get as far as that 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 movement engram that neural mm-hmm. program is there mm-hmm. you know and, and you want to say people will tell you oh doesn't matter how you brace or how you move and i'm like well I'll just agree to disagree because you, know, you can round your back. You can do this. Like that's the whole thing we see, right? You know, get into the pain stuff. Yeah, sure. Pain science, right? But it does matter. Sure. Does it matter? It mattered today. Matters today, yeah. Yeah, it mattered with what you were doing. And yeah. it's like, it does matter. Does it matter forever? Maybe not. Right. May, can you flex your back? Sure you can. You're, you're sitting there with it right now. But like under certain stub, some under certain circumstances... I would be like, nope, you're not, don't do it. You're going to, it'll hurt you again. It's yeah. just, you're already set up for it, right? Like, right. not because you want to, it's just the way it is. And we, you have certain rules with which you got to play the game now. Yeah. And, and so it goes back to the baseball picture, right? Would that lead to something? I believe that over, there's, that disc only has so many. Hmm. You just sit there, and it's proven, and I, and I don't care what people say, how they think about McGill. I think he's a brilliant man. He's tested it. Like, I have to go with the guy who's done the 30 years of research with that stuff. Like, he sits there and takes spines. Like, there's only a certain amount of load and flexion that your spine can take. Now, is that today, tomorrow, 10 years down the road? I don't know. But you keep doing those things, and it's going to happen. Why do we see people with so much back pain? Yeah. It's it's crazy, it's so much of it. But it, it's funny that it happens with people who lift heavy weights. It also happens with people who just they never lifted a weight in their life, and they just end up in your office because of what and I, bad yeah. posture. They, but again, maybe it happens later in life. But it's the same concept, right? They've they've uh, used all of those yeah. incorrect movements that they had in the yeah. bank, and now yeah, and you know, and I have a hard time even saying they weren't incorrect. They were only they weren't incorrect until they were incorrect. I, right, I guess right, it's right. like. Do I do you open Pandora's box and go everyone, you know, everyone braces horribly. Well, I don't think it's a problem until there's a problem and I wouldn't mess with it. I keep people training and keep mm-hmm. them moving and you don't want to create, you know, I'll use the pain science thing. You don't want to create a nocebo or a, right. a fear when you don't really need to. You know, I agree. Let them if they if they have a little bit of flag, if they have no pain, let's just keep training, right? Yeah. Unless you see it being this red flag where you're like, this is gonna be bad if I don't do something, right? Yeah. And then at that point, then then you fix it. But like I said, with you, you didn't brace bad, but for you it was bad. So now right. we have the opportunity to dive deep and really fix it, and that that's rehab to me. Like let you know, the lady today I had, she's like, I. I use the the belt and things that we were talking about. And she's like, I have always sucked my stomach in. I was like, well, there it goes. Like, we can go down that psychological rabbit hole of how you've trained. You're a female. Maybe society telling you you got to suck your gut. Like, yeah. And now she's she's like, yeah, it doesn't. Same sort of thing. It really doesn't hurt when I move now when I do it that way. And it's like, well, what did I do? Is it the bracing strategy or is it I just changed how she did something? And maybe neurologically the brain's like... Well, that's totally different, so I won't add pain in. I'm not saying I know the exact um, reason right. that that your back didn't hurt. I just know, I'm assuming that based on what we talked about and where we're getting some pain through that range, that if I can shore up that segment a little bit, that's my thought, 
I could be wrong, but like if we're getting a little bit of shearing in that segment and I can get you to brace enough to where we're holding that still, now we're not nicking that scab, you know, yeah. now we're now we're holding that steady and your body likes that. Mm -hmm. And same thing with that gal today. She's like, I haven't done that. And I said, she goes, but I didn't have back pain before my car accident. And that's mm -hmm. what she was here for. And I said, no. She goes, so I got this because I'm weak or this? I said, no. You got in a car accident. Made You whiplashed. Made your back hurt. I said, I wouldn't have touched anything. I would have just said, keep doing what you're doing. Live life. But now that you're here and your back hurts, we're going to address it. Mm -hmm. And give you, it's like open your library a little bit of movement, right? Mm -hmm. Like you were moving only this way. Let's give you another way. And now our breadth of movement changes a little bit. And sure. I, have better, I have more strategies. I think that's a good thing too, variability of movement, right? You can brace the way you did. You got this other way you can do it. Now your body should be able to move in between things. And that's kind of the, the people say postural too. Like what's your best posture? The next one. Like <laughs> you should be able to move in and out of things mm -hmm. and not just be so pigeonholed into this is how I move, right? It's like the guy on the conveyor belt and he's only doing the same thing over and over, right? We should be able to, to open that up right. and, and teach and teach it's all teaching though mm -hmm. yeah so one thing that i've seen like with pain science that you're getting into a little bit there is just how you got some people who think that pain is all structural mechanical and yeah. you got some people who think it's all in your head i'm of the mind that it's somewhere in the middle yeah. like everything yeah but uh yeah. you know there's no doubting that there is some psychological yeah. component to it right i think yeah. like for me when i was going through some of my deadlifts earlier uh, with you, there was a component of like my brain knowing that this is the movement that usually hurts. Yeah. And like almost like a little bit of residual ghost pain going on. Mm -hmm. But then as I did a couple of reps, it was like, oh, this is different. And then the pain was yeah. gone. Right. And that's what we just talked about. Right. Yeah. And and so you deal with that. And I'm like you. There, there It's in between somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, I. Greg Lehman said it really well at one point. He said, well, it was his course, actually. I mean, and his course is like, when, when does biomechanics matter? And when does biomechanics matter? Well, when you're moving heavy stuff or if you're in pain, mm -hmm. essentially. That's, that's what I'm thinking. If you're in pain, biomechanics matter. And what I mean by that is we got to change. Can I still, can I change how you move to keep you moving? Right? Mm -hmm. Or lifting heavy. You, you, you had better tighten things up oh, because yeah. you 400 pounds. If you're not letting people are going to hurt themselves. So, yeah. um, but it's in the middle. It's uh, there's a lot of times, like you said, you're going to associate. We're associative, right? So you're going to go, man. This is what hurt in the deadlift. But that's where I can uncouple that train car from that. Mm. So, like you said, this is where it hurt. Can I put you in a position that previously was painful? And can we make it not painful? So now your brain's gone, oh, okay, cool. Different. This yeah. is different. Now I'm not so scared. Yeah. And I don't have to protect. And I'm not going to make it hurt because I'm not scared. And that is, that's a form of graded exposure and all these fancy words that they like to use. But that's the, that's the extent behind it. Because again, now you're going to go, okay, I got it. I yeah. have learned again. And that's my biggest takeaway from anything we talk about is how do you teach someone to take care of themselves, right? right. And that's the best part about what I get to do. Um, and there is pain science. Sometimes you're going to be just like you, just like you were saying, that, that is pain science. Oh, I'm scared. I felt this ghostly stuff. This is the, 
There's there's no tissue damage there or anything. Like there's n- it's associative, but like now we have to figure out a way around that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um but there also is spots where there's mechanical injury. Right. So they play off of each other, right? Yeah. And, and we can produce your pain again. It's not all in your head of like just keep squatting, just keep deadlifting, and one day it'll go away. Because I think that's asinine. Yeah. Like, I really do. Like, that's some of the people. It's just like, well, just just slow down what you're doing. Or just, you know, I don't know what their explanations are. But I'm like, well, no, when I can make you move and you go, that's my pain. And I can do it again. That's my pain. And I can do it again. And we're like, push on your back. That's my pain. That's pain. I don't yeah. care what you want to call it. Like, And it's reproducible. It's not yeah. made up. It's... You know, and and let's take it away. Yep. Let's fix it. Take it away. You know, and we could talk about the that whole thing all day long. You <laughs> Good. know, it's a, and, and it's, it's like, but do you thing. want? Because then you'll have them all commenting on your on, on, on your post like, about we're idiots or yeah, something like something that. Something like which, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, like I, I like I told you earlier, for me, uh, I haven't competed in a few years. Something I really want to do. I was telling you about my client mm-hmm. who uh, just got back to the platform, got to nationals, and he doesn't have pain. Well, he he gets some what he calls like tenderness, mm-hmm. which is normal. I oh, guess. Yeah. If you're lifting heavy yeah. weights like that, if you're deadlifting 700 pounds, good luck. You're not. You're, you're going to have tenderness. some back discomfort. Let's yeah, put it that at way. Times right? for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that is also once you do have pain, once you have experienced that pain before, like any sign that it's coming back is like you catastrophize it, right? Totally. You're like, oh my God, I'm gonna, you know, yeah. it's coming back. Um, what was kind of funny about him is he had like a little flare up a couple weeks out and um, he changed the way he normally goes about addressing it. Rather than laying up all day, just resting, icing it. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna make it a point to go on some walks. I'm yeah. gonna keep myself standing, keep yeah. some, and it resolved itself pretty quickly. Yeah. Whereas in the past, it might have been a whole week-long thing for him. Yeah. But um, I, I definitely want to get back on the platform. That's why I'm coming to see you as, as much as I can, for sure. Yeah. Um, You're going to... Oh, we'll get there. That's yeah. not a question of if we... You know. Yeah, we'll get there. Some we'll PRs, there. man. Like I told you, you know, yeah. we, we clean some of that stuff up where you're wasting energy and leaking it that you don't even realize, and PRs come. Yeah, but, and it's not even... It's, it's like, wow, that was easier. Well, I think you that... Know? For a long time, I was stubborn. I just wanted to do it myself because I thought, I I know all this stuff too, but I can't watch myself deadlift. Yeah. I can't watch myself right, squat. Right, right, right. come, and so for if there's any piece of advice I can give to listeners who might be dealing with pain, is like I had to do the same thing with my client. I had to say, hey, you know what? You got to see some people totally. besides me because mm-hmm. I'm not there to watch you. Right. I can and I can watch videos, but that's even not yeah, the it's, same it's, thing. It's it's hard, and and people you can do Skype or whatever and video chats and stuff, and I do them consulting with people, and it's like, man, I really wish you were here because yeah. I would. It's just easier. Like I use these, you know, and yeah. and yeah, you need to have some eyes, you know, and. Like with coaches, just like my advice to even coaches is like, number one, obviously everybody needs a mentor and just find the guy that aligns with what you like to think. Find someone that aligns with how you think now and someone that you're like, "Mm, I like what they do, but I don't really disagree because Mm. don't just keep in this echo chamber over here, right? Because if you do that, you got to push your boundaries a little bit because you're going to find out what you're not good at, but then get your eyes on as many people as you can. 
And then, like I told you at the beginning, like I would find people, wow, he's doing this. Call him up. Yeah. I'm going to come and see. Like, I need to know what you know because... Like, some of that stuff is just like, your mind is just a, what is this whole new door that just opened? Now I better go learn this stuff and get your eyes on people and get your eyes. Because that's, I think we just get stuck, healthcare or strength coach, and we get stuck doing what we do. Mm-hmm. And um, for, for me, like, I have to go to a lot of courses because I am always afraid that I don't want to keep seeing things and telling myself I'm seeing things mm-hmm. that aren't really there, right? Because sure. therapists and anyone in healthcare, you, you you can do that. You can get there and like you can you can if you really try hard enough, you can make things be what you want them to be. Mm-hmm. And I think the sign of at least someone, and even a coach, like if you want to see those things that are there, they'll be there if you look hard enough, right? Sure. Like, but it's it's trying to say, can you can you? Put yourself in some checks and balances there a little bit, and I go to those courses to to check in and go, okay, am I seeing what I think, or am I getting too big for my britches here? Am I think, you know, because it's scary. I don't want to be that one that one day that I miss that one thing, and it might be something serious. You know yeah. what I mean? It might be something that's not just fun lifting weight stuff. It's like I was training someone, you know, her back hurt, and I just thought, wow, I didn't look at this. Maybe she's deadlifting, deadlifting. Maybe it turns out it's bone cancer, and I didn't. Oh, wow. I, you know yeah. what? I, no, you just don't want to sure. do that, right? Sure. So you, I always worry. Then I think that's what drives anybody. That's you know, you or I or the people we hang oh, yeah. out with and the people we learn from to keep getting better because you just you're just like afraid to you, you know you don't want to miss that. You want to be the best at what you do. Or try to be the best at what you do and, and give everybody what you think they should get, right? You and know? I think it's also important, like with Michael, Michael's been like a mentor. He, mm-hmm. He'll he'll say otherwise, like on the podcast I did with him, yeah. like how, because I taught him anatomy initially yeah. when I was his TA, then, you know, he's Michael, so he's yeah. he, he yeah. learned so much yeah. so quickly. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not afraid to be like, hey, Mike, can you look over this case study for me and I think I know what I'm seeing but I want to make sure and I'll send it to him a fresh set of eyes and and that's like there's nothing wrong with that right yeah there's nothing, nothing wrong, with wrong with that admitting I, I think people are afraid to look weak or yeah afraid to look like they don't know but uh yeah if Michael can catch something that I couldn't yeah then that, that well, just makes it, it better it, for the client totally and and like I told you before like knowing who you are and what you're good at like there's certain things that I surround myself with the people that fill in those voids, right? Mm-hmm. That I know where I'm deficient in. For example, like I hate, I, I hate reading research. I, I, I love like, but I hate going out and finding it. This, 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 I'll read it once I get it. But like right. the process of Michael doesn't No. So Michael, he's I can your, be, he's, your he, he's the guy, right? Yeah. He's my, and, but I know, and then he and I can bounce and talk and he'll call out BS for me and vice versa. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that's how it should be. And then I'm really good at putting things together, but like my front office gal, Kelly, she runs the place, but I'm really good at putting things together and then she can organize it. Mm-hmm. I'm not an organized person. Mm-hmm. Like I know what I'm good at. I know what I can find, but you surround yourself with those people. Sure. And that's the same thing. Like, you know, Michael would tell me, you know, he puts, he's like, you're one of my mentors. And I'm like, well, I think that street goes both ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I've learned a lot of training stuff from him and he and I sit and he's taught me a lot about energy systems, which I'm fascinated in because I look at that from the rehab standpoint. Right. And, um, you know, he and I, 
he, he'd sit and oh, I met Michael when he was, I believe, at Camelback before he worked at, at before, a, he, worked at before he worked at OPEX, and it was the same thing. Like my office, like it's open for anybody to come in. Like people call up. I have a couple therapists now. I've got a naturopathic student. I've got all the, all these people that just are like, hey, can we come in? Sure, anybody can come in. Like I like teaching and showing what I do because there's no secret sauce. It's just making people work, right? But he was one of the first ones, and, and you know how my, he's like, I'm going to come in, and he was in and asking questions, and it's like, man, that drove me mm. to, to pick it up a little yeah. bit, and I like it, yeah. and we've just grown our friendship there, and, and now it's like, okay, now I've got that, and I'm like, you need to, if you need to learn, I've got you, or I've got him, where people are like, man, these guys, you know, they know the research on these certain things or these case studies. And I do too, but they're going to go find it for me. Sure. Like that's it's one of those things, and yeah. you know. But he's that's how you build those networks and those relationships. Is like go out, talk with people, watch, get a coach to coach you, and watch other coaches. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And just go, and you'll be like, hey, what about this? And don't be afraid to be wrong. Mm, that's a big one. Don't be. I mean, I'm wrong a lot. Me too. And I tell my patients, if we're wrong, guess what? We're going to change it up. And, and they're it's like, all mine too. Yeah, my clients. I am like. Listen, I think it's this. I had one the other. I had one with a student. This is a good story. Guy walks in, high hamstring stuff, and I'm like, he's telling me. He's, I'm sitting there with him. I'm like looking over at the guy, and I'm like, got this. Yeah. Got this. Completely got this. It's um, The guy is like, before we start, i got to run to the restroom, and I have the student. And I'm like, straight up. This is sciatic nerve, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I, it has to be. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. I look like mm -hmm. an idiot. Like, my point is... I got to that point and, and I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, and the student's like, okay, all right, all right, you know, and they're there for, and I get through the whole thing and I'm like, straight leg raise, slump, none of that is like, uh-oh, like, I thought those were aces in the hole right there, you yeah. know, and I'm, turns out it was just, it was, his hamstring pain was hamstring pain, <laughs> and I was like, well, I was way wrong on that. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I had to sit there and eat it in front of both of them. And I'm like, well, we got to the answer, but sure. I sure look silly telling you that I knew well, exactly what it was. That's a bad feeling, right? It doesn't yeah, feel good but, when that But happens, they laugh, but, and, yeah. and, and I'm okay with it because the guy still, we still got to the bottom of it. Yeah. But but when you're, but if I would have just been like, well, this is what it is. I'm going to give you your stuff. And he would go, that didn't help me. Well, I'm, I'm not going to go back. I didn't learn anything. I didn't get any better. I didn't, like, I'm not going to go back. And, so I was okay to go, well, guess what? What I thought it was, it wasn't. Yeah. And I tease people. I say, well, if I don't, if I'm doing something, like if we were working on you and I'll be like, oh, that didn't work. And then we're like, what happened? Oh, I'm still assessing. <laughs> and then if it works, then I'm treating. Then you're treating. How, that's how I save myself a little uh, bit. But. Yeah, I tell my clients when they sign up, like, hey, you know what? Chances are the first thing we do, like the first program I give you, the first nutrition plan I give you, probably not going to work 100%. Yeah. I'm going to have to change things and you're totally. going to need you to tell me what's not working. Totally. It's like it's like re, it's like reading Harry Potter but starting in the middle and trying right. to figure out what's happened before. Sure. Like you 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 got to read a little bit and then you can kind of infer yeah. what the past has been, right? Like I yeah. tell people, I'm like we're coming into this reading in the middle of this book. I don't get to start from the beginning and and learn everything. Right. So it's there's going to be a little bit of give and take and and being wrong's okay. No one learns by being right all the sure. time. That's yeah. true. No one learns by being right all the time. So, so being that you're a physical therapist, yeah. being that you love training, what does your training look like? What do you? What, uh, is, what does the training week look like for you? What are you dealing with? Man, it's not very good right now. To be honest with you, <laughs> okay. um, I do. So here's what the last 
I'll give you the last month. So last month has been, well, this is normally what it is. It fluctuates with, because now I got my kids and their sporting events. But okay. so I'll train here one to two days a week, normally on Thursdays, because then I play, I, I play ice hockey, you know, I'm a hockey nut. So, nice. so I'll train one to two days a week here. I play hockey on Thursday nights. So I go play men's league game. And it's fun. We higher level stuff. And then Saturday mornings, um, like tomorrow morning, there's a six o'clock hour and a half skate. Okay. So I go skate from play hockey, 90 minutes. So it's basically two minutes on, two minutes off for, for 90 minutes. Wow. You know, and that's what we, 10 guy. you know, it's just, just shifting. Two minutes on, two yeah. minutes off. And I make sure that I just keep skating. So for 90 minutes or 45 minutes, I'm getting work in that. I leave there and I go over to OPEX. And they'll laugh because it's like, I go work out there a little bit, but I also go there to hang out with friends and socialize a little bit. So I get some training in there. Um, So I'm really only getting because, and I I do some stuff here throughout the day, but I don't right now where I'm at, I don't have a, I'm busy, which is a good problem to have, but it affects my training. So I don't get a, except for a few days a week, I don't get a set aside. I got an hour and a half or two hours to to do that Um, because right now with, I got my oldest playing club soccer, my youngest playing soccer and hockey. So it's like you got to fit them in where you fit them in right now. And and like I say, sometimes, you know, it will be um, after work. I'll get a couple sets in. But during the day, you know, I'm having people deadlift and their session's over and I'm waiting for my next patient to come in. I'm going to go out and hit out 25 push-ups here and 15 yeah. pull-ups here and trap bar deadlifts here if it's laying on the ground and... You know, so I'm, I'm messing around that way all day long. So, but hopefully soon, um, that will change. Um, sure. I'm working on that because I'd love to change my schedule where I, because I would like to get into a little bit more of a regimented training because, um, I would like to get into some more powerlifting stuff. Oh, it's fun, awesome. you know, yeah. so, um, I get short legs and short arms and, uh, and I'm kind of built for something like that versus, yeah. uh, um, crossfit stuff. I mean, I, I did it a long time. I just like training, um, but it's not happening the way I want it to right now, which is okay. That's fine. It's the season, it's the season of it not happening that way. So, but it's going to, it'll, it'll change. Like but it's getting the job hey, done, right? Getting, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm happy with I things. Think, uh, like I say, my, my lifting more right now is more playing hockey than it is, totally you know, fine. it's four days a week of, it's two and a half days a week of, of lifting and two days a week of playing hockey. And that's where we're at right that's now. good. I would love to lift every day if I could, but it's just time doesn't, you know. Well, I think uh, one thing I see a lot of when people coming in where they, they think they have to lift five, six days yeah, a week in order I, to get enough of a response yeah, for what yeah. they want. And, okay, granted, if you're trying to be a power lifter at, yeah. a, at a competitive, um, you know, be a competitive power lifter, totally. a competitive bodybuilder, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be some requisite amount of work you got to do. Yeah. But um, for, for, my, for the folks who come to me who are just, Generals, yeah. general fitness kind of people, yeah. you know, they'll be like, oh, I, I, and I think a lot of the times it has to do with like being afraid to work out less because of the caloric expenditure totally. and not right. gaining weight. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I see it all the time with my clients where I give them less yeah. and they get better. And yeah. Get better results because they were actually just doing too much. They doing just, too much yeah. and, you, you know, cortisol and all that stuff, right? Stress and getting more rest, which is when you actually more, adapt. Yeah. Something and like give them less and, and go for a walk with your wife and kids or your girlfriend and, and see what that does for you too. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just, there, there's 
training is not just clanging and banging all the time. Sure. It's there, there's, like you say, it's that's the beauty of coaching sure. and, and in your field. And that's why most of the people that I follow and learn from are more strength coaches because you want to talk about watching people move. Those get a, get a strength coach that's done it for forty years, and you're going to learn a lot from that guy because they've they've watched thousands of people do it, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just like you're saying, I take stuff away, and they're like, "What?" But then they feel better, yeah. You know, and and why? Because between work, and that's why I'm not so worried about my lifting right now. Like, feels pretty decent what I'm doing right now, and it's going to change, but it'll change when it you know when yeah. it changes. Yeah. You know, and um, it always change. you know, but it's always the it's always changing, but it's always going to be in there because it's fun, sure. you know, and it makes you harder to kill. That's for sure. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of the uh, a couple times you and Michael have been out getting some steaks, getting some. Was yeah. It, was it scotch, whiskey. Uh, well, see, this is the thing. Michael has taught me a lot. The one thing I've taught Michael is how to be civilized. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of steakhouses. Okay. You know, that's my thing. That's a, I like a good steak and a glass of wine and, and a good bottle of wine. And yeah. uh, I, I'm a wino. I'm a wine collector. Wine yeah, okay. I'm a wine guy. I, I enjoy wine. I collect it. I love eating big chunks of meat. And I, I like things. And, and I take wine. I love wine. I do. I, I like pairing it with food. I, like my little side hobby is trying to become a sommelier. I just enjoy Like I think the craft, anything that takes craftsmanship, mm. I, I'm down with like when people put their heart and soul into something that's why I like bourbons I like tasting them I, you know I, I like and that's what I take him to do and he and I go sit and have good talks like this and yeah. and we'll have some 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 bourbons and some wine and some steak and we have you know we do it uh probably quarterly I think we do it sometimes more yeah um, sometimes less but yeah he's he's taught me a lot of stuff about nutrition and then I tell him how to kill gut and uh, improve his gut biome by drinking drinking bourbon you know you go. good level bourbon so you and a good steak never hurt and a anybody good steak man and unless so. unless you just watched game changers then yeah well you're then probably thinking something else a you know? soy steak soy steak yeah tofu yeah. steak no you know, you a mcrib that's what <laughs> i think that's made out of like soy junk. well i i definitely uh will shamelessly put my name in the ring for joining you guys you're on, more than welcome the, anytime as a matter of fact um, uh michael and i on podcast we did said we'll have to do a a steak and wine podcast with the three of us done we'll, uh, done i'll cook us done. some we'll steaks some we'll steaks. do it yeah that would get be a fun. little silly maybe by the that end would, of it that would fine. be fun i'll bring some bottles of wine perfect and uh that would be fantastic. That would be fun to have the three of us sit and absolutely sat, chat and see what comes out. I might be the one that's out. quiet most of the time because honestly, you guys. Are oh, I don't know about that. To, I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, we'll do it. We'll okay. do it. Um, so you have a website. Yeah. Um, EvolutionPhysicalTherapy.com. Evo Physical Therapy. Evo Physical Therapy. Yeah. Um, interested in learning a little bit more about Jeff. Yeah. Um, New website. There is some mentorship stuff. I, I enjoy teaching people, um, and I don't really charge much for it. I don't okay. charge anything right now. Maybe I probably should, but I don't think like I'm anybody that should do it. I just think, you know, if we can help lift up for speaking for my profession, if I can help lift up our profession a little bit, yeah, you know, and and what people think of what it is that we deliver. I'm in, you know what I mean? And so um, if anybody's interested, you know, you're you're more than welcome. If you're here locally, you can come on in um, online, um, Instagram, Twitter. It's at Jeff B. P. T. Um, 
and Facebook's Jeff Byrne because I basically use my personal one as a business one. So, yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, get a hold of me. Um, yeah. I'm always willing to share information that I've gained, learn information from you guys and from you, yeah. and um, so just looking to help and help people get better. Yeah, if you're a strength coach or an aspiring physical therapist, chiropractor, whatever, Anything. if you want to be in this field, highly recommend reaching out to him, learning as much as you can from him. Try to get down here, shadow him for a couple yeah, of days, uh, and I'm sure he would have you. But, uh, yeah, a good, another good another good site before we sign off is um, I'm on the board of, a, it's called Rehab to Performance. Okay. Um, and I suggest, Website and is, it's for coaches, it's it's uh, rehab, num- the number two performance.com. Okay. Um, it's a great resource for people looking at, hey, where can I learn? What can I learn? Um, it's got a list of a bunch of courses on there. Um, we're a not-for-profit. We do a symposium every year. It's pretty cool. It's free to members. Cool. Um, this year it's in St. Louis. I'm plugging it because a lot of what I've ever learned, the reason I'm on the board is because that has helped me get to where I'm at today. Cool. Um, and it's for everybody in the medical profession, and it's it's what we have talked about, trying to bridge that gap mm-hmm. between rehab and performance. And I know that's a buzzword. Everybody wants to rehab, you know, bridge the gap and rehab to performance and all those things. But it literally is. It's saying everybody in the medical profession has a role to play and everybody in the performance world has a role to play in taking that patient from I'm injured to optimal performance, whatever that means. And it's how do we do that? And it's a fantastic site. So um, I'd suggest you guys check that out if you would. And uh, like I say, you're all welcome here anytime you want if you're local. Awesome. Seriously, take them up on that. Yeah. Do it. Seriously, I'm not joking. Well, it was a pleasure. I know we'll do this again Yeah. because uh, we only scratch the surface of all the stuff we yeah. can talk about. But cool, thanks man. so much for being on, and uh, we'll see you next time, huh? Appreciate it, bud. Awesome.